Welcome to Conversations About Care, a podcast for pediatric clinical providers. Hi, this is Sandy Hassink, and I'm the Medical Director for the Institute for Healthy Childhood Weight at the American Academy of Pediatrics. In this conversation, I am joined by Dr. Blaise Nemeth. In our discussion today, we talk about various strategies for encouraging physical activity in patients while remaining sensitive to their unique needs and concerns. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast on physical activity. And today, we're pleased to welcome Blaise Nemeth. Blaise is an associate professor at the University of Wisconsin with unique expertise in both non-operative pediatric orthopedics and pediatric obesity. And importantly for us today, Blaze is the lead author on the AAP policy, Physical Activity Assessment and Counseling in Pediatric Clinical Settings. And we just want to welcome you today to our podcast, Blaze. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I, you know, uh, whenever I talk to somebody who's an author on a policy, I always like to sort of see where where your interest or how you got interested specifically in physical activity and um, the need to have a policy on assessment and counseling uh, for, for our pediatricians. Can you tell us a little bit about how that evolved for you and how you got interested in that? Yeah, I th- one of the opening points for me on it was being here at University of Wisconsin as a resident. We have a fellowship in primary care sports medicine that run, was run through the Department of Pediatrics. And so that was my first exposure to the role that physical activity has in kids' health. And gradually that evolved into where my current position is now, um, having been trained as a non-operative pediatric orthopedist through our orthopedics department. And that's what I do every day is work with kids who want to be physically active. Um, You know, whether it's an athlete who broke a bone, somebody who has scoliosis, wondering how it's going to impact their life. And I used to practice general pediatrics part-time in addition to the pediatric orthopedics. So when I switched out of leaving my general pediatrics um, position, our chair uh, here at University of Wisconsin, Ellen Wald, uh, encouraged me to get involved with our pediatric obesity clinic as a way to stay connected to general pediatrics. And so I think those opportunities through all the different aspects of my practice were examples of how physical activity or lack of physical activity can benefit or negatively impact somebody and that all kids really want to be physically active and that we don't do a great job in our practices typically of thinking about the role physical activity plays in the health of every child and, and why they're in our clinics. So, Blaze, do you think as pediatricians we might have taken physical activity for granted, maybe just assuming that if a kid wants to be physically active, they'll just be physically active? Um, and do you think there's a role for us to call it out more and, and have a dialogue with the, with the kid in our clinic about physical activity? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was training as a resident 20, 25 years ago, the developmental pediatricians that I worked with talked about the fact that kids want to move. So if you give them the opportunity to move, they'll do it. And I think as society has changed, as we've had faster paced lives, as there have been more organized sports, kids have become more specialized. There's this concept that the only way to be active is if you're in a sport, and that doesn't necessarily work for every child or every family. Um, you know, I think obviously too, we're also now recognizing that there's a lot of disparity um, between the opportunities that people have based on socioeconomic status and even race. And that we can't just assume that every child has the same opportunity to be physically active and that we might have to be creative in helping 
our families figure out where it might be safe to be physically active and what opportunities are available and how to find things to break down barriers to being physically active. So you bring up so many good points, but I wanted to start with, can you give us some phrases about how you introduce the topic of physical activity with either your family that, you know, the child may have had an injury or a patient with obesity or somebody recovering from surgery? How do you start, give us some um, just words that you use in introducing physical activity and how that conversation starts. Yeah, and it really starts when I walk in the door just asking, you know, how the child is doing. Um, you know, what kind of things have they been doing in their free time? What do they enjoy doing on their free time? For all the things that I see, I mean, it's a way of, you know, creating the rapport with the family. And for me, it's important in understanding, you know, what are they doing or not doing? If they have an injury, what are they trying to get back to? Um, and then that usually naturally leads into, you know, what kind of, you know, if they haven't been outside bringing you were outdoors, um, what kind of things do you like to do outside? So kind of getting that sense of, you know, bringing in the physical activity. So it's really not about, you know, how many hours a week do you do moderate to vigorous physical activity? It's just, what do you enjoy doing? Um, and then trying to figure out how I can work physical activity into the conversation of what they like to do and what they want to be doing different with their health and their life. That's really good because I think getting away from sort of making it numerical and feel like work to just have a conversation about what what do you want to be doing with your life. I um, Over time in my uh, weight management clinic, I, I started out sort of trying to quantify physical activity, then asking about what they like to do. And I, I ended up often asking kids the question, do you ever go outdoors? And I had one uh, memorable 12-year-old girl look at me straight in the eye and say, Dr. Hassink, you know I don't go outdoors. I'm an indoor child. And I said the concept of an indoor child was just remarkable. Like it's that a child would say, I'm just an indoor kid. I don't do things outside. So it, it just points out how important it is to have this conversation with kids. Because who would suspect that a child would think of themselves as an indoor child, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And I, it's one of the things that um, I've become more aware of with one of the exercise physiologists that I work with, she uses the term fitness personality um, wow. and identifying that people have things that they enjoy about physical activity. It's, you know, some people are, um, you know, checklist where it's a part of doing their thing during the day. For some kids, it's about competition. For others, it's a self-fulfillment, you know, feeling different. Um, but for other kids, it's more about being social. Um, it has to have a purpose. So, you know, why would I go out and run a mile? That really has no purpose for me. But if you tell me that we need something from the store, I'm happy to ride my bike to the store to pick up the groceries. Um, so figuring out what is that motivator for each child in why would they want to move their body um, and then helping them figure out how to move it more. You know, so many good points, because if you think about it that way, there, is, there are many, as many reasons to be physically active as there are children, practically, right? Because each child will have their own reason. So here, here we are, we're talking to the child. And, you know, as pediatricians do, we're talking to the child, we're looking at the child, but we're also kind of looking at the parent to see how the parent is responding to this. What, what kind of conversations, because the parent may be thinking in their mind, I have to work. The neighborhood isn't safe. You know, how am I going to, this child has aspirations to be active, but how am I going to get this done? What, how do you start that conversation with the parent who maybe you're looking up and you're, they're look, they have this look on their face, like, how am I going to do this all, right, with my kids? Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, a lot of times, actually, it's I hate to admit it, but I kind of ignore the parents and I really focus on the conversation with the child and then and turn it back mm -hmm. to them. What do you like to do? You know, how mm -hmm. do you think you could do things differently? What could you do that would make it easier for your parents? Um, and okay. helping parents realize that their children have a, a an opinion on this um, and they know what works well for them and they want to be part of the conversation rather than being told what to do. Um, mm -hmm. We know that from lots of other areas. If we tell our kids what to do, they usually do exactly the opposite. Uh, yeah. So engage them in the conversation and find out what they want to do and meet them where they're at and then figure out how to be able to make it something that will be mutually beneficial for for the child and for the parent together, where it's usually rewarding when it happens, as opposed to feeling like an extra stressor. Such a good point, because you're basically taking the stress off the parent when you when you do it that way. I wanted to get back to one question on the specialized child. Uh, I haven't really heard that term, but what what do you what do you do when you have a kid who maybe um, is wants to do one thing and one thing only? Is that something that you endorse if that's their passion, or do you try to uh, make make them uh, get a little more eclectic in their uh, not make them, but offer more eclectic physical activity choices? What's your approach to that very specialized child? Yeah, and I th that's one of the things that we really wanted to try to focus on with the new statement um, around phys the physical activity guidelines for Americans that was published in 2018 is realizing that physical activity has a benefit for every child. And that part of those recommendations are that children be active every day for an hour, but in addition to aerobic activity, that they also work on strength and balance. So for the child who's specialized, really helping them figure out where might they be missing something that could make them a better athlete? So if they're in a single sport and they're, you know, a, a baseball player and a throwing athlete, and they're really just working on their throwing, they are missing out a lot by not working on their lower body strength and their core strength, which is really the stabilizer for having a strong pitch. Um, and where we see lots of injuries is that children are trying to throw too much. People are throwing too much with their arm and not enough with their hips. So being able to work on what are some of the other things that balance it and, you know, give your arm a rest, work on things that use your legs. So it sounds like here we, you're, you're trying to, you're starting with engaging the child and what they're passionate about and then helping them, it sounds like just expand their vision of what, what contributes to their passion or what can help them um, do more of uh, what they really want to do maybe. And, uh, such as working, you know, your lower body when you want to throw, and that makes your throwing better. Um, you know, we all have children with special health needs, and this can often present a challenge to us in how we um, help them figure out how to be physically active. Um, can you just uh, share some of your approach to a child with special health needs who may have, certainly has challenges and uh, uh, may, may really want to be physically active, and may, uh, we're, tr we're struggling to help them figure out a way? Yeah, I think it ties actually back to the last question that you asked as well. I, when I work with our residents, I talk a lot about really trying to find what I call the hook. So what is it, again, that is, what's the motivation for somebody? What's the highest priority for them right now? And for a lot of children with special health care needs, there's obviously health conditions that they're experiencing and figuring out where that's impacting their life and then trying to figure out how might physical activity make that health condition better or make their quality of life different in a better way? Um, I, one example that um, I talk about is one of my patients that I take care of with spina bifida. 
um, in clinic, they came in and one of the parents' concerns were that he had gotten to the point where his weight had increased so much that he could no longer transfer from his wheelchair to the family vehicle. And they were struggling to figure out how transfers might work. And we kind of looped back on it of, well, you know, your weight is an issue in this and you need to get yourself stronger for your, the size of your body. And physical activity is a way to do that. Um, and fortunately, at the same time, we had a confluence of an interest in developing adaptive physical activity programs in our community. And we got him involved with kind of an introductory program where he was able to experience a lot of different activities that were out there. Um, found something that really interested him. Um, he got involved with, we live, I'm in Wisconsin, obviously, and we're in the North. And um, he got involved with doing some biathlon and cross-country skiing where he could shoot a rifle and um, and then cross-country ski to work on his strength and his aerobic conditioning. And um, he was able to manage his weight where he you know, now has uh, gone to junior college. He's actually working with our regional uh, national development program uh, to, at the Paralympic level. Um, and getting involved with it. So finding out how that, you know, again, made his life better um, was a way to introduce physical activity and make it something he became passionate about. What a wonderful story about helping a child find their passion and uh, and, and hooking them up with that. Um, another question I wanted to ask is sometimes our children come in and they're so sedentary um, that it's hard to know even how we should start. You're not going to take a child who's almost completely sedentary and say, start walking a mile, you know. So how how do we get get our feet in the, you know, our, our feet start to move? How do we get started with that child without making it overwhelming? They may want to do a walk a mile, but how do we get started so we don't, the kid, the kid doesn't get discouraged and overwhelmed? Yeah, for kids who, you know, are less averse or more averse or less interested in, you know, getting outside and doing physical activity, again, it's kind of finding what is it that deters them from being physically active and, and why do they prefer being sedentary? So with one of the things we work with in our fitness clinic where we take care of children with obesity is kind of this concept of if you're going to take something away, you have to replace it with something. Um, and it has to have a similar reward. So if part of being sedentary at home is really because that's where the connection with friends takes place because of social media or playing video games and connecting through the internet, is what are some opportunities where we might be able to create that social connectedness in a different way? Um, or if it's a way of dealing with the stress and, and withdrawing, um, how can we find a different way to, to the stress. And so physical activity is a way to address those aspects for kids who are more sedentary and less interested in being physically active. So again, finding it from a different way, um, less about being active and more about clearing your head or helping yourself get more focus for academics, um, being able to behave, to manage behavioral issues. Um, you know, when you feel like you're, you know, when you're getting in a fight with your brother or sister and you want to haul off on them, um, you know, get the punching bag out or go for a walk to clear your head for a minute. And then it's a win-win because you haven't hit your sibling. Your parents aren't mad at you and you feel good about yourself. So everybody wins in that situation. So I love, I love this place because it's such a thoughtful, holistic approach to the child. And you're seeing the physical activity in the context of the whole child, what they're experiencing in their family. And we know that we're in a challenging time right now um, with the COVID-19 pandemic and, uh, it's put a uh, it's just changed all of our lives. Do you have any things that you uh, 
want to share just about helping parents sort of get through this time when the normal structured activities might not be available. Schools haven't started or they're going to start in a whole different way. What would you say to parents who, who you know, are in this predicament, which is basically all of us? Yeah, in all honesty, it really has changed um, for me. My approach all along is always, what can families do at home? Um, what do you have available around you? So we talk a lot with families about creating obstacle courses um, in whatever open space they have, whether it's living room, garage, backyard, um, local park, using hula hoops and balls and um, you know garbage cans, whatever they have around to you know climb in, climb under, climb over, spin around throw, jump, um, and then also really trying to make it a family uh, act, a family approach that we all need time to clear our heads and get away from the stresses that are going on. And family walks are a great, great way to do that, to just be able to get away from what's inundating us through our computers and through TV and have a chance to focus on one another when we're on a walk. And I mean, that's, you know, I heard it from a family the other day that those family walks are the time where they really have the best conversations. Um, you know, I think a lot of us as parents can identify that, you know, a time where our children talk, used to talk to us a lot was in the car when they're sitting in the back seat or they're sitting next to us and there's not face-to-face, eye-to-eye um, that's less intimidating and, and walks are very similar. And so again, it's, it, you can hit it from both angles where now you get to be physically active, um, get out and get outdoors, plus be able to have that conversation with your child or your spouse, or again, everybody together, ideally about whatever might be going on. So I, I really like that you're moving physical activity from sort of an isolated checkoff thing I have to do to something that's integrated into how people live and has benefits across all these domains, emotional, social, physical, mental. Um, can you, if you were sort of wrapping this up and wanted to give an elevator speech about the benefits of physical activity to children, you know, a short little blurb to all of us, what would you, that we could share with our parents, what would you say in that? Yeah, I think, you know, really the, the key is getting across the point that this isn't something, again, to check off. It isn't something that is a priority just for children who are dealing with obesity and weight management issues, that this is a, something that benefits all of us. Over the last 10 years, there's been much more data that has come out about the benefits of physical activity on mental health, school perform, performance, um, behavioral management in children. So, again, really, everybody can benefit from physical activity and there's almost no disease that is negatively impacted by physical activity. I mean, again, there's a few caveats out there, but, um, and that's one of, again, another reason for the statement was to kind of bring this to a highlight that it's not just something to be discussed in the well child check, um, that this is something that we should be thinking about, you know, in every way, how it can help impact our life and ways to be able to manage what's going on. So again, physical activity and how you work it in doesn't have to be an hour. Um, it's just moving your body more, I think is really the key. What are you doing now? How can you move your body five more minutes during the course of the day and then gradually increasing that week by week and month by month? So really what you're saying is we should be asking about physical activity every time we encounter our patient and just find it, check in with them and find out how things are going. Yeah, there's been a push um, over the last 10 years in the adult world, um, you know, for using physical activity and really getting it into the medical record almost as a vital sign. 
Um, and there are studies that are demonstrating that from the data that's been collected in some of the medical groups that adults who are active, who are physically active more are having better health outcomes. And unfortunately, we don't have that same data in children. There's no reason to suspect that it wouldn't be the same. But one of the reasons we don't have it is that people aren't asking it. And that was one of the, the impetus for getting the statement out there is that in the in 2013, the um, U.S. government published their mid-course report on the physical activity guidelines that were published in 2008, knowing they were going to be rewritten in 2018. And one of the big takeaways was that most physicians don't know what, the, at that time, didn't know what the physical activity guidelines were, uh, much less asking about them. So that was an eye-opening um, statement for us and realizing that we need to get that information out there so that people are asking about it and we can start collecting data on it and then really looking at how to connect it to the health outcomes and what can we do to help children be healthier now, but also be healthier as adults. And, and you know, it, it's so important that this is coming to the fore. And I guess I just have a few questions as we wrap up. Have you felt any resistance from parents to asking about physical activity? Are parents pretty receptive when you start to inter interact with them and the kids about physical activity? Do they like talking about it? Do they? Yeah, again, I think for most kids, they, again, they want to be physically active. And, um, you know, for kids who aren't, a lot of the times it's because they are struggling with how to move their bodies. Um, one of the things we talk about in the statement is the concept of physical literacy is mm -hmm helping children develop this understanding and enjoyment of how movement works and how it benefits them. And that starts really early in life. And when children don't have those opportunities, they struggle with moving their bodies in the future and are less likely to be physically active. So um, they want to be able to keep up with their peers. Um, and so being able to identify that and intervene is something that even kids who are not physically active are really interested in. It's part of the, the network of what happens when they interact with their peers is around movement um, on the playground and in physical education classes and in sports. Um, and parents, I think, you know, as adults, we all know the benefits of physical activity. And even if we're not active ourselves, we want our children to be active because we know it helps them be healthy. So it's usually a pretty um, easy segue into the conversation. I think the resistance more I've seen tends to come in how it's introduced. So again, is it more in a, you need to be more physically active that tends to be with more resistance um, as opposed to, you know, how do you feel? What do you want to do? And then again, trying to figure out, as I said, the hook of what will get that child interested and engaged in doing it. And then likewise, what will hook the parents into wanting to be part of that process with their child rather than just taking them to the sports or directing them to be physically active. Blaze, I've really enjoyed our conversation today, and, and there's just so much to think about and so many good points about approaching physical activity holistically with your, the children and their families. Is there anything that you would like to, uh, that we didn't cover or that you would like to leave us with as we close this podcast? Yeah, I think one thing I'd, I'd like to direct people to is the number of statements that have come out over the last couple of years from the American Academy of Pediatrics that really bridge this all the way from infancy into adolescence. Um, the uh, Committee on Psychosocial Aspects of Child and Family Health and the Council on Communications and Media published a report on the importance of play, which really focuses on kind of the infants and toddlers. Um, the Council on Sports Medicine and Fitness has published statements on organized sports and sports specialization. 
And this statement really kind of fills the space in between and kind of creates the umbrella um, over all of those and bridging them all together. So I think if people uh, you know, are looking for more information on it, there, those four statements are, are good ones to look towards. And then there's one that uh, is coming out, if it hasn't already, on physical activity for children with disabilities. So again, kind of covers the gamut on it. Right. Well, Blaze, I can't thank you enough for giving your time to help us understand more about physical activity and join us in this podcast. So thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Conversations About Care. Visit our website to find this episode and more, along with relevant resources as well as episode transcripts. We'd also like to invite you to take a brief survey on how we can continue to improve our show. Thank you for tuning in. The views, information, resources, or opinions expressed during the Conversations About Care podcast series are solely those of the individuals and do not necessarily represent those of the American Academy of Pediatrics. The topics included in these podcasts do not indicate an exclusive course of treatment or serve as a standard of medical care. Variations, taking into account individual circumstances, may be appropriate. The primary purpose of this podcast is to explore common themes related to quality pediatric care from the perspective of clinicians. This podcast series does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. This podcast is available for private, non-commercial use only. Advertising, which is incorporated into, placed in association with, or targeted toward the content of this podcast, without the expressed approval and knowledge of the American Academy of Pediatrics podcast developers is forbidden. You may not edit, modify, or redistribute this podcast.